This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Amiel Saleh and Hany Balkis. 2 p.m. it is, and you're listening to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. This is the one and only place where we give you a quick roundup of everything that is happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and all around the world. What an exciting show we have in store for all of you today as we talk about the latest tech news happening right here in the heart of Sharjah. Sharjah Innovation Park. They have actually started involving children and little students with their tech summer camps because we're going to be talking about their new offers on Innovative Tech Summer Camp and how you can and now you can either get rid of your children or get them more involved in technology this summer. Yes, tech summer camps are always fun. I've always wanted to get into one, but I never had the chance. But you guys do now have that chance. We're also talking about Google restoring services after multiple users faced an outage. I mean, uh, Google has been kind of slacking lately, mm-hmm. but now they're trying to get back on track. Yes, indeed. Coming up on today's show, a very exciting conversation with a 12-year-old. She's actually one of the youngest guests that we've had on Future Talk. She's a student right here in the UAE who is actually among the winners of Apple's annual competition, the Swift Student Challenge that usually takes place during the World Developers Conference that actually took place last month. We're going to be talking to her and finding out exactly how she was able to win uh, this competition, but also what is she currently working on? There's an application in the works that she's going to be sharing with us and also some tips that she has for anyone who wants to follow her footsteps. Yes, we have a lot in store for you guys today, so keep Pulse95 locked because we're going to be right back. Pulse95 Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. A tech summer camp, ladies and gentlemen, that is being done by Sharjah Innovation Park. And we're going to be telling you the innovative tech summer camp for students and kids that you can do right here in Sharjah, ladies and gentlemen. It is something you do not want to miss. Yes, indeed. I mean, I've always wanted to go to a tech summer camp, and I know Hani did too. Uh, it's such an mm-hmm. exciting time to be alive in a, in a place where you don't just go for swimming and go for different mm-hmm. activities, but now you can also, you know, kind of work your brain uh, with these activities. Now, Sharjah Research Technology and Innovation Park, they have lots and lots in store for us this summer. And it starts out for students who are at the age between 12 and 17 years old. They can go ahead and learn about computer coding, 3D software design, 3D printing, aquaponics, which I'm very excited about because aquaponics is basically the art of having your own garden at home. They, really? You yeah. Would, you would think it has something to do with water. Yeah, it, it does. Because, Aqua. Yeah, so they give you like a soil that's made out of clay or make up, made out of little rocks that can basically retain water at a much higher pace than any other form you guys of soil. You should tune into our YouTube. She's so excited. <laughs> she, she's looking at you like, yeah, you can retain water. I love it. <laughs> can you imagine having you like... You guys should see her, really. Your You're own... so super excited, Omnia. <laughs> having like your own mini garden. I've always you know, wanted I'm, that. I think my dad would like that. He would always want it to be like a gardener or something. But uh, again, I think Omnia will attend that, um, <laughs> that, that, that summer camp and see it also. I wish... They are doing autonomous vehicles as well, Mm -hmm. robotics, and even green technology. Now, we do know that the park is offering an innovative, first-of-its-kind tech summer camp for students aged between 12 to 17 years old. Omni, I think you could pass for 17. I don't like how young I look sometimes. You could pass for 17. (laughs) 
I right? think I'd pass for 12 even. No, no, that, that's just too much. You could 17? Pass. 17, you, you could pass. You think if I go and I don't show my ID, I'll, I'll just get it? I think you'd be fine. Or you can use your younger sister's ID. Perfect. Right? And Perfect. again, you then can learn about computer coding, 3D design software, and all of the things that we just mentioned. It actually starts very soon. So it's going to be running for seven weeks, starting mm -hmm. from the 4th of July until the 26th of August. And it will be happening at the Sharjah Research, Technology, and Innovation Park's Sharjah Open Innovation Lab, which is known as the Soil Lab. It's actually the first incubator for startups and innovative businesses. It is a huge building, let me tell you that. <laughs> and it has a lot of different labs that cater to students, they cater to startups, they cater to companies. And I think it's going to be a very exciting time for any student that doesn't feel safe enough to travel. Mm -hmm. They're going to be staying right here in the UAE, so it's a great use you of time. You guys can stay with me, right? <laughs> Again. Yeah, his parents are traveling. Today. Everyone's <laughs> traveling, right? And uh, I'm going to be here alone. Probably I might go uh, past the park. And Hussein Mahmoudi, actually, who's the CEO of the park, did say that the summer camp will allow the students to explore fascinating topics, including the design process of forming innovative products and experimenting with various high-tech equipment and develop those skills. Uh, you can develop skills such as 3D design, 3D printing, laser cutting, robotics, and many more. Ladies and gentlemen, you have a chance to play with high-tech equipment. We host a future show, <laughs> a future talk show. Our, our, it's a tech show. We don't play with high-tech equipment. <laughs> you guys are lucky. Maybe I should be 17 again. You know what? You know the movie, Omnia, 17 again? Oh, yeah. With Zac Efron? Yes. Right? Maybe that wouldn't be a bad idea right now. My God. I mean, the different camps that they're offering, I am so intrigued with them. You have a coding camp where every young programmer can go ahead and create and code programs mm -hmm. from scratch. They'll also be using the visual programming language. There is a robotics camp where you can go ahead and create different teams to build and code robots. You can make them move. You can make them battle against other robots. Imagine that, robots battling other robots. You, you, I don't know if you knew this, Omnia. What? But in the early 2000s, there was actually a show. This was when I was back in America. Yeah. There was a show called Battle of the Robots. What? Right? But it wouldn't be a robot like you think of like a full... Terminator like, style. Not Terminator style. It's like little small robots. And they'll have like, like a, a weapon attached to them oh and they start bashing God. each other. It was pretty cool. And, and unfortunately, that trend kind of died. Oh, God. And uh, I mean, again, that is something that we kind of took for granted. And now, again, it's kind of popping back up. The Sharjah Park is uh, the research technology park is implementing this. I'm so I'm so intrigued by the aquaponics you, camp. You Again. Know, Omnia, I'm kind of jealous of you because you can pass for 17. You'll pass for 40. <laughs> right? You, 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 I, I can't give you a 17. I'll say like 20, 23 maybe you'll pass for I can it. pass for 40, man. No, I mean, come on. I look old. Right. And again, uh, the other day I was in the elevator mm. and this 16 year old kid called me Ammi. Oh my god, that right. is that's the worst. I hate when they start calling you Khalto and yeah. Ammo and Amto. I'm like, which are basically is like uncle and aunt in English, yeah. right? <laughs> so he's like, Uncle, uh, where is the I'm like, Uncle, who are you talking to? I'm like, to? your big brother, man. What are you talking about? And then at that moment in time, I looked myself in the mirror, and then I'm I went to my old. mom, said, Mama, I'm getting old. 
It's one of the worst feelings ever to understand that you've reached that age where younger people are calling you uncle. Uh, I, you know, I all, being young, I always thought, oh, what a privilege, you mm. know, to be called khalto and ammo and amto. Mm. Now that you're grown up, I'm like, I just want to be a kid again. And, and, and I remember one time uh, someone said, uh, Abu Min, mashallah, right? Which no means way. you're the father of who? who Implementing that I have children, <laughs> right? I don't even have a cat. Saying I have children. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, getting old is hard. But if you're young, <laughs> you have a chance to go to the Charger Research Technology and Innovative Park, play with this type of high-tech equipment, and battle some robots. If you're going to go, please do message me. Send yes. me some pictures. We want to see what's going on. And if you finish the, the whole course. We'll talk to them. We'll talk to them. We'll bring them on the show. You can tell yeah. us your experience. 4215, Duro Slot. Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking a short break. But when we come back. We're talking all about Google coming back to us. We lost Google for a second. We lost Dr. Google. But he's returning and stronger than ever. Find out what caused the outage in just a few moments. You're listening to Pulse95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Time after time, we go for Google for any issue we have around the house, for any question we have about our health. But never did I think Google would fail us. Mm -hmm. Never did I think Dr. Google would not be there one day. Sadly, though, yesterday for a lot of people, he was not or he or she was not there. It, yes, it was not there, and many users were complaining about the outage that was affecting our very, very good friend and search engine Google. A lot of streaming services and email services uh, were actually also facing an outage last week, and they were restored, but, did, but I didn't think the search engine would face one, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, platforms including Google, YouTube, and even Gmail were down with users citing issues with login and accessing the website in parts of North America. Now, more than a thousand users were having difficulties with the search engine even at one point. Now, the outage monitoring website did show that users were also facing issues with YouTube TV and even Google Drive. So it does look like all of their main servers were hit. Now, there is actually a website called Down Detector, mm -hmm. right? And the reports actually have dropped down on Down Detector, believe it or not. And it does seem that things are going back to normal. But still, the issues affecting the platforms was not actually clear or there was no reason for it. Yes, indeed. Now, a lot of people were actually saying that whenever they went to Down Detector, which typically tracks any outage, we've seen this website track Twitter's outage, uh, Instagram's outage, you name it. They were actually collecting different status reports from a series of sources alongside every error that a user would submit. But we still don't know what the issue was. Clearly... You know, they, there was some form of an issue and they were able to go ahead and restore it. And Google, Dr. Google, is back in action stronger than ever. They are recently looking to launch a lot of new updates for all of their users, especially if you are a dedicated Chrome user. You will be hearing from Google Chrome's new features pretty mm -hmm. soon. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, let us know your guys' thoughts. 4215, do or on our Instagram, at Pulse95 Radio. Did you see the outage? Uh, no, I did not, nope, thankfully, same. because <laughs> then I would uh, complain. I would be a Karen. Let us know your guys' thoughts. We're taking a short break, but when we come back, we got a 12-year-old student, student on the air with us. Why? Well, you just got to tune in to find out. Pulse 95. Check this out. Check this out. Pulse 95. 
one of the youngest guests that we've ever had on Future Talk is making an appearance today. She is a 12-year-old student named Sabrina Sales. She lives right here in the UAE. And what makes her special is that she is actually a very bright mind. At only 12 years old, she actually was the winner of Apple's annual competition, the Swift Student Challenge, that typically happens for student coders. Mm -hmm. And it takes part as uh, we look at and witness the World uh, Developers Conference that Apple holds every single year in June. Now, this bright mind willed herself to learn Apple's Xcode, mostly from online tutorials. And she continued to apply what she had learned in those projects and what she was working on. And she currently also has a secret app that she is developing that she's going to tell us more about. But enough talking about her. Let's hear from the star herself. Sabrina Sales is joining us over Zoom. Thanks a lot for talking to us today, Sabrina. Thank you for having me. Welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on. At 12 years old, you've already accomplished a lot. And obviously, the first question that would come to mind for me is, when did your passion for coding begin? And how did you grow this passion of yours? I mean, I don't know any 12-year-old that says, hey, <laughs> I want to start coding, but you did it. Um, I started coding at the age of seven, and I had just moved to the UAE from Singapore in 2015. Mm. I had just started in Repton Abu Dhabi, um, and I was introduced to programming through an after-school club. Mm -hmm. uh, I started with Hopscotch, uh, a kid's coding app, mm -hmm. and the first game I developed on that was a paper doll game. I created it for a friend who didn't like the doll she was playing with and wanted to change certain features of it. Mm -hmm. wow. I showed it to my teacher and he was really happy with it and encouraged me to keep on coding. Um, I then moved on to Scratch Junior and Scratch and then moved on to Swift Playground since it was released. And um, uh, I learned Xcode through some video tutorials. I mean... Uh, I also... Mm -hmm. oh. Yeah, go on, go, go on. <laughs> um... In year five, my school um, held a coding competition or an app design competition then, and um, I won that. And um, afterwards, uh, I was invited to speak in the Apple store in Dubai about the app I designed, I designed for said competition. Uh, all in parallel with my school's coding lessons with Python and Turtle, and I also took a few classes for HTML, CSS, uh, Photoshop, and Procreate. That is phenomenal. I mean, for those of you who don't know, all these that she's mentioning. Very hard. <laughs> very difficult programming languages, let alone for a 12-year-old. And doing that in parallel to your schoolwork, I'm just wondering, how do you balance your time? How do you find the time to self-learn a lot of those languages, but at the same time, fix and manage all mm -hmm. of your schoolwork at the same time? Um, for school, uh, I usually get a lot of this done during the summer and mm. uh I take a lot of classes on the weekend, like um, Procreate and Photoshop I took during the weekend and mm -hmm. summer and everything. And they're just kind of bit by bit building on knowledge from that. Building blocks. That's a, that's kind of what a lot of people who mm -hmm. are into code uh, tend to say. Now, let's talk a little bit about Apple's annual competition. The Swift Student Challenge, winning it is a big achievement. Can you talk to us about the process? How did you apply and how was the competition like? Um, I've been watching the Apple Keynote since 2016, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to join last year, but I didn't have the skills or tools to create the thing I wanted to create yet. Mm -hmm. But it gave me the opportunity to put together a plan so that I could submit something this year. Mm -hmm. uh, my parents actually gave me a computer, so now I had a tool to create something really nice. And uh, after that, I just needed an idea to create. 
So I explored a few more options and I settled on one that I like. Mm -hmm. uh, it design to design it, it took me two weeks and to create it took me about two months. Mm -hmm. uh, I worked on this during my free time from school and had to work, look up a few different things when I got stuck. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I actually submitted my project on the day the competition closed because I wanted to work perfectly. Aww. And from that point on, it was just a matter of filling up the required form. Mm -hmm. I know that WWDC is actually open for, for participants aged 13 plus and I'm only 12. Uh, I'm considered underage, so my dad had to help me with some of the submission technicalities. Oh, mm -hmm. so we have, I think you might be so, the youngest winner. <laughs> so you're the youngest and you were one of, among the winners. That is amazing. Now, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask, is there any brainstorming, brainstorming process that goes beforehand? Like, you know, when someone wants to write a book, they'll mm -hmm. write a couple of notes and, you know, the plot, the story. Does that kind of go in when you're creating an app? When thinking of an idea, usually what I do is just write down everything that I think of, no mm -hmm. matter how uh, crazy it might seem, on a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And for the ones that I feel more passionate or strong about, I'd circle them and try and kind of evolve the idea more. I feel like I'm talking to the Einstein of the UAE, to be honest. Very, 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 very <laughs> smart. MashaAllah. I mean True. And um, I have a quick question uh, regarding the competition. What was the application that you were working on? So you mentioned that it took you about two weeks to think of and then about two months to accomplish, if I'm right. So what was the idea that came to life through the competition? Um, name of the playground that I created was Note Values. Mm -hmm. And the idea for it came about as I learned to play the drums last summer. Mm. Uh, my drum coach is a professional band musician who used to perform in one of the local hotels. But because of COVID-19, he unfortunately lost his job. And he offered to give me drum, las drum lessons as a way to earn an income. Mm -hmm. uh, he was self-taught and his method of teaching was different to those that most music schools would follow. And while I quickly learned how to play a beat and could play basic songs, I struggled with grasping the concept of note values, making it difficult to read sheet music. Mm -hmm. um, what I did about this was I drew out blocks and tiles, like the ones used in my playground, to help me understand how it worked. And I decided to create a digital version, hoping that this would help other beginner musicians like me get a handle on understanding the mm -hmm. concept of note values. So let me get this straight, right? <laughs> You're 12 years old, you're a programmer, you programmed a couple of apps, you and won in the Apple competition, you dr <laughs> you do the, you you play the drums. Is there something this girl can't do? 12 <laughs> years old, mashallah, that, that's all I got to say. And I am very proud of you, and I don't even know you personally, right? I'm very proud of you, and trust me, anyone listening to you right now is proud of the accomplishments you've done. At 12 years old, I didn't know the difference between the X and Y axis. <laughs> Trust me, trust me, Sabrina, you should be very proud of yourself. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be talking a little bit about what was the grand prize of any winner for the WWDC event and how is Sabrina Sales making the most out of this reward? Also coming up, what advice does Sabrina have for any upcoming coders, any young coders who want to be like Sabrina one day? If you have any questions for Sabrina Sales, make sure you share them with us at 4215. Do it to Salat or sign into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. You're, You're listening, listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Check this out. Check this out. Pulse 95.
They say coding is the language of the future, and I don't think this could have been any more correct, especially when we're talking about a 12-year-old student living right here in the UAE who's actually among the winners of Apple's annual competition, the Swift Student Challenge for Student Coders. She is honestly the Einstein of the UAE. She has learned so many coding languages at a very young age. A lot of those are self-taught. She used her time on the weekends. She used her time in summer to advance herself, which is something that we don't see every single day, especially with children this young. They want to they want to have fun, you know, away from learning uh, during their free time. But Sabrina Sales is a little different because she is working on changing the languages of the future by making her very own. She actually, as we've mentioned, she was one one of the winners of the World uh, Developers or Annual World Developers Conference that takes place and Apple carries out every June, every single year. She has worked so hard to apply to this competition, even though it actually starts for students who are over 13 years old and she's only 12. But enough talking about her. Let us hear from her uh, and tell us more about what she has done. Sabrina Sales is joining us today. Thanks a lot for this conversation. Thank you. It's a great to have you on the show. Now, tell us about how it was like kind of competing for this contest. Uh. The Swift Student Challenge submissions are judged on technical accomplishment, creativity ideas, and content of written responses. They give you a free hand for the topic of your playground, so whatever you'd like to create, as long as you can create it, mm. that's about it. Um, there's also a form to submit your project, and you have a chance to explain your playground and what inspired you to create it. You can mm. also give the judges some notes about how to use it and other information that you might want them to know. That's amazing. Um, now, we know that winners of this challenge, they would typically receive exclusive World uh, Developer Conference 2021 outwear, a customized pin set, and also a one-year membership in the Apple Developer Program, which I think it's like the golden ticket for every young coder who wants to learn more. They're hungry to find out more about the world of programming languages. How are you planning to make the most out of this reward? Um. This year's WWDC was actually held online mm. so that anyone who wants to attend has access to the video sessions on the developer website. Mm. Uh, these are really informative and have loads of great content on them. Um, for, as for the WWDC week, I actually attended a few text-based Q&As during the conference. And mm. I was even able to sign up for a one-on-one -on -one developer lab and I got to ask an Apple engineer specific questions about how I could improve my code and how I should go about turning my submission into a full-fledged app. Wow. Uh, as for the one year of membership in the developer program, that'll really help me to work on Xcode and publish apps and all that without worrying about the cost. And the custom pin set and hoodie is really cool too. I know they have different designs every year. Um, I'm actually wearing the hoodie now. I'm not sure if Ooh. you can see it, but it has an Apple logo here and then a 21 on the back. Very, uh, my friends at the nice. Apple store in Yas Mall have jokingly made offers to buy it off of me. <laughs> How much did they say? Hmm, I'm not sure about that yet. <laughs> <laughs> but we do know that you're currently working on your app, which is called Haiku Home? I think Haiku Home. Haiku Home? Haiku's Home, yeah. Yes, can you tell us more about that application? Um, Haiku's Home is an app to that, that aims to match abandoned pets with loving homes and owners. On my daily walks home from school, I'd see abandoned and stray animals in the UAE summer heat. Mm. And I wanted to help solve that. 
In addition to joining a cat rescue group close to where I live, I wanted to launch an app to help address this problem. Um, I'm finding that the code required to implement this idea is a lot more com complex than I imagined. So mm -hmm. it's taking me longer than expected to finish this project. Um, I mean, yeah. I'll continue to work on this as this is something that's really, really important to me. Um, gaining access to the new information and knowledge I got from attending WWDC and the new resources available on the website, I feel a lot more prepared to complete this project and I'm really excited for it to be up and running. Well, no rush because you do have a lot of time. At 12 years old, there's a lot you can accomplish. And again, I'm with you on that one. I mm. see cats and cat, stray cats all the time. I'm like, man, I wish I could take them home. But again, I'm really excited to see what's coming next for you. And what are your plans in the near future other than this app? Mm. Um, I actually want to port over my submission from WWDC into a full-fledged app because I really like the idea for it. Mm -hmm. And that's my summer project for this year, just porting it over and making it into something that you can actually download and play from the app store. I think Amazing. that's that's one of my favorite parts about participating in extracurricular activities and competitions outside of school. Because then if you like the idea, you can maybe advance it a little bit more as part of your schoolwork or school project. I, I want to go back to the app Haiku Home because I think it's such a genius idea. Mm -hmm. We see stray cats everywhere all the time and just like Hani mentioned I wish I could take all them all of them into my own home especially cats they just hold a very sweet spot in my heart um, but sadly we can't and so if we can't we can at least match them with people who are lock are looking to adopt other cats or dogs you name it Sabrina Sales at 12 years old you have so much knowledge and wisdom to share with everyone and I'm sure a lot of young students and young coders who want to follow your footsteps want to find out what are some pieces of advice that they can take and what are things that you wish you knew when you were starting out on your journey in coding? Mm, okay, so for the three pieces of advice. Uh, first, create something that you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. You'll have more motivation to work on it if you feel really strongly about the topic your project is based on. Mm -hmm. um, secondly, if you're stuck on something or in a bug in a code or whatever you can't figure out, if you take a break and do something completely different, uh, it really helps. Seeing the problem with fresh eyes and just a new perspective uh, helps immensely. Um, lastly, uh, the best way to learn how to code is to code. It's easy to be intimidated thinking that it may be too difficult, but if you break it down into small challenges and be disciplined enough to just keep at it, you might amaze yourself at what you can accomplish. I love that last piece of advice. Sabrina Sales, you have sold us. <laughs> That was. Uh, Where I, can I like we sign it. up with for with you um, to teach us some code and basically be <laughs> our own teacher? Because you're you're doing great. I know. I mean, at 12 years old, really. Yes, and ve very well spoken. I think you would be a great teacher. Again, I'll say it. One, I've said it a couple of times this show. <laughs> mashallah, you know, um, I'm I'm really excited for your future. You know, I don't think this is the last time we'll have you on the show. We do believe that we're going to be seeing more of you. Please, please do remember us when you are one day working with Apple. And Next Zuckerberg. Exactly. An Apple engineer <laughs> yourself or who knows? You have a lot of potential and we are truly grateful that we had a chance to talk to you today. Thanks a lot for your time. Thank you so much. Thank it's you. a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be talking all about the region's biggest train project that will be connecting some of the Emirates that now 
could potentially take you an hour or two hours to get to, that time is going to be cut mm -hmm. dramatically. Find out what is that amazing form of transportation in just a few moments. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Future Talk. With Omnial Saleh and Hany Balkis. We're talking about the region's biggest train project and where does it go? That's the number one question you'll ask yourself when you're talking about a train in the region. Now we're talking about Ittihad Rail and it's a full fleet of trains and wagons running on a network that will, will replace 5,600 heavy road vehicle trips per day. Now, Ittihad Rail is the UAE's mega project that is going to link the, link the country's centers of trade, industry, and even population, and it will expand by nearly 80% of its current track capacity in the coming years. Yes, indeed. Now, whenever we're talking about connecting different emirates, we've seen different forms of transportation arise, whether it was the Hyperloop, whether it was the SkyRail, mm -hmm. and now we're talking about this Ittihad Rail. I feel like in just a few years, the distance between the different emirates, whether we're talking Abu Dhabi and Sharjah, Sharjah and Dubai, Emir Quwain and Abu Dhabi, you mm -hmm. name it, it's going to be meaningless. Distance is no longer going to have an impact on anything. Now, we will give you a quick glimpse of how this project will be helping us in our lives today. Now, Ittihad Rail was actually first established back in 2009, and it was one of the projects that became operational in 2016. Each day, two trains run across the country, and they are capable of transporting so much goods, mm -hmm. so much, um, what is it called, cargo that... Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you'd basically see it in large trucks on the roads taking up space, causing loss of traffic. Mm -hmm. And now it's out of sight, out of mind. We have seen these uh, tr trains actually transfer up to 22,000 ton 22, tons of sulfur mm -hmm. every single day. And each train can actually fit to take up 110 wagons on any one journey. Can you imagine how much traffic we are saving with these trains? Not only that, but Omnia, when complete, the railway network will actually link the main centers of population and even industry in the UAE and will actually form a vital part of the planned railway network across the Gulf region. And that will actually connect the seven emirates of the country to the five neighboring GCC states. So, Maybe even taking a plane to, let's say, for example, Saudi Arabia mm -hmm. will we'll be out of the question. You take a train. And if you have a fear of flying, you don't have to fly anymore. You can take a train. And I do believe that it would be much, much cheaper. And when you have such a network connecting all these countries together so simply and easily, that will boost, number one, tourism, mm -hmm. boost economic trade. Yes. And boost a lot of... I mean, you could probably... Let's say the closest country to us is Oman. Yeah, Oman. True. Right? You could go to, you could live in Oman and work in the UAE. You could live in the UAE and work in Oman because these trains will be literally a train station. It's a, it's a network. Absolutely. And economically, we're looking at a big boom. Now, one other aspect of this Etihad Rail is sustainability because one train can actually replace hundreds of lorries. So you're talking about reducing the carbon footprint and also once it's fully operational the fleet of trains and wagons that will be running on the Etihad Rail Network will be replacing about 5,600 on-road truck trips per day. Mm -hmm. 
so much less harmful gases. I don't know if you, you've probably come across a, one of those big trucks that are on the roads, whether it was between Sharjah and Dubai, you name it. They release a lot of carbon dioxide, take up a lot of space. I can't count how many times these trucks get into accidents with humans and they can actually pose a big risk. So cutting down on 5,000 trucks per day, I can't even imagine. We're talking about 80% less carbon dioxide in one day which is just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Also, based on the traffic volume forecasts, the Ittihad Rail Network will actually reduce greenhouse gases by more than 2.2 million tons every single year. I love it. Honestly, love it. Yes, and again, uh, we're looking at how this will connect the seven Emirates even better and bigger. I mean, again, you could be in, let's say, Abu Dhabi and go all the way to Fujairah. You don't have to take a car, a car. You don't have to take a plane. You just take a train. And I'm looking at in the near future. Obviously, it will be connecting all the GCC together. And that is going to be groundbreaking, honestly. I mean, I like to travel, right? Yeah. And I think that some people, they, they, they kind of make traveling a little bit hard on themselves. So I have to get to go to the airport, get on a plane. Be there three hours before. I, wanna, I just want to go to Kuwait and eat some good food, <laughs> right? Kuwait, Kuwait is very well known for yes. their good food, right? And now you can do it. You can go and come back in probably two days. Let us know your guys' thoughts, 4215, do or on our Instagram, at Pulse95Radio. Are you excited for the Ittihad Rail? Would you like to board such train? I would like to. I'd love to. Let us know you guys, yeah, let us know your guys' thoughts. But ladies and gentlemen, T-minus three minutes until the halftime show. The only place to be at three with the man himself, Omar Duri, coming in hot. Yes, indeed. We want to wish you a blessed afternoon. Catch us again tomorrow. Same time, same place from 2 to 3 p.m. Only here on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.